You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to weareredwood.org. We hope that the message that you're about to hear will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Thank you, Mike. Take your Bibles, please. Turn to Mark chapter number 7. Mark chapter 7. And as you are uh, turning there, I am so thankful that you're here today. And uh, I believe that God has uh, just something in store for you and your life the next 30 minutes or so as we look into uh, the Word. And there's a lot that we're praying about. Uh, as, a, as a church family, we've been praying about this Thanksgiving offering and these uh, institutions that we are uh, giving towards and just our expression of, of gratitude to the Lord for what He has uh, done for us. Uh, we have... Uh, we've just got people in our church that we've been praying for. Uh, a dear friend of our ministry, uh, Brother Hotry, he has been uh, put in on hospice. Many of you that have been in the church for uh, 10 plus years or longer, you would uh, know that name and been praying for him. We're also praying for uh, Regina uh, Kumar, and uh, she was able to uh, get the CAT scan. And, uh, and so just pray for her with her kidneys, with her kidney, excuse me, and uh, that that uh, she that that would be cancer free and just pray for the Kumars. I know that they would uh, really appreciate that. We've been praying for Kara Lee and uh, we were able to see her this week. Mike was and just just able to share with her how much you all been praying for her. And you should have just seen this, this face lights up. So thankful uh, for your uh, prayers for her. And then the more no family, uh, Amanda, they Amanda and Matt, they successfully uh, Amanda had the uh, successfully had the baby and uh, Matt's just being an encouragement there. And uh, just try to be a blessing to their family this week. And uh, you pray for uh, you, you pray for her as she's recovering. And then uh, Jasmine, she had successful uh, surgery to remove a tumor, and that was cancer-free. So we're rejoicing uh, with that. And she should uh, be coming home today from the hospital. And then uh, we also need to pray for Adriana. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, Adriana's last uh, Sunday uh, before she. Uh, goes out for a year to Qatar, and so please pray for her, and uh, we love you dearly, and we will continue to uh, pray for you. And then others that are uh, abroad serving, we are so uh, so thankful uh, for them. And so just be in prayer for uh, these different uh, for these different things. Let's actually let, let's go, Lord, in prayer right now. Father, we come before you, and uh, Lord, we thank you uh, for the privilege that. In a Beckons moment, we have a great high priest that we have direct access to you when we pray in Christ, in Jesus' name. And we're thankful that as believers, uh, we can come directly to the throne of grace. And Lord, we, uh, we lift up uh, at this hour, uh, Regina, and uh, Lord, and that God, you would just uh, please, uh, Lord, give uh, doctor's wisdom. Be, be with the Kumars during just this frightening time. We pray that there uh, would not be uh, cancer. We thank you for watching over Jasmine and her surgery uh, this week. And Lord, we thank you for the uh, just the slow but steady improvement in Carol Lee. Uh, and God, we pray for Brother Hotry as he's been put in hospice and uh, just uh, the last days, weeks, don't know of his life. And Lord, we just pray that you would strengthen him. I pray that he would uh, sense the love God, we pray for uh, we pray for Adriana as she's getting ready uh, to go overseas again. That Lord, you'd watch over her and protect her. And uh, 
God, we think of, uh, of Ryan and Heido and those that are uh, just overseas now. We pray that you would um, continue to uh, watch over them. And Lord, I pray that you would bless our time in the Word now. May your Spirit be evident. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Mark chapter number 7. We are in our series that we uh, entitled Jesus. And uh, I'm thankful that you're back this week. Uh, you listened to that message last week. And uh, I'm thankful that you are uh, here. And I'm uh, thankful for allowing me to uh, just preach just preach the Word. And just kind of go line by line uh, through it. Verse number 24 of our text of Mark chapter number 7, verse number 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek of Syrophoenician by nation and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter, and when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid up upon the bed. This morning, I want to preach a message simply entitled, The Faith to Ask for Crumbs. The Faith to Ask for Crumbs. Growing up, we, uh, we, we had a dog uh, by the name of Brandy, and she was a miniature toy poodle. You know, one of those that like totally get babied, you know, all those kind of things, their hair cut and all that. And um, she was she was she was a wonderful dog. She was a little ornery at the same time. Uh, but what, when it came time to eat, she knew exactly which seat to sit under. Whose seat do you think that was? Mine. That's exactly right. I'm the younger of two. Uh, my brother's older than me. And, and Brandy, whenever it came time to eat, she would always come and she would sit right under the table, right between my legs, because she knew that I was going to either drop something or if there was something that I didn't like, that I would just, you know, kind of feed her under the table a little bit. And I was texting my parents early this morning and I told them, I said, hey, I'm going to tell the story about, you know, the brandy of my childhood. Because the funny thing is, is my parents have another miniature toy poodle and her name is Brandy. And guess whose seat, seat she sits under when he's eating? Blake, right there, absolutely. And so my mom texted me and she said, the tradition continues. So we're going to head down in Thanksgiving. And, uh, and so they're, they're always looking for some crumbs. They're always in, in need of something and, and they know where to go. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Does anybody in this room have a need in your life? Anybody? Most everyone here have several important needs. I would go even a step further to say that most people in this room here this morning have one or more major needs in their lives, and some may not see how that need will even get met. Some are looking at 
a devastating family problem. Some are looking at financial difficulty. Some are looking at a problem maybe with a child. Some are looking at a health issue. Some are looking at a disease or wondering what lies ahead. Some might be here and wonder about eternity. Wonder about what happens when they take their last breath and where they will spend that eternity, that that soul of theirs, and whether it is lost or saved as a Bible word in Jesus Christ. Some are looking at their parents and realizing that they will not be here forever. And honestly, I could stand up here honestly all morning and probably not exhaust the list of problems that many people here this morning are facing. I love the song. I had no clue we were going to sing that song, but I love the song that Mike taught us here today. We'll, we'll get the hang of that in the weeks to come about, about who Jesus is and about who our God is. It goes so beautifully with this text. And so problems abound in our room here this morning. But in the midst of your problems, you and I, we need someone to help us. You need someone who can, that you can turn to for your solution. So may I ask you, what, what well do you draw from when you need help? Do you draw from the well of experience or wisdom? Where do you turn to run to escape the, the pressures of life, the, the, the difficulties, the grind of an everyday life in a fallen, broken, difficult world? Where do you turn? Do you turn to pleasure to escape? Or turn to the Christ in the Word of God? Where do you turn? Jesus, according to verse number 24 in our text, is He's in, he's in the north country. He's in a Gentile region. And once again, Jesus is seeking some rest. He's seeking some relaxation, maybe some, you know, away from the crowds. But as always, when he tried to get away, he couldn't really get away. And this woman, she, she follows him into the house and she's in this desperate condition. And so what we are, well, what I'd like us to do this morning is take the text here in Mark chapter number 7 as well as Matthew's perspective. If you, if you notice, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they often will tell the same stories as they were you know, walking with these, these three and a half years or so with Christ. And they all kind of saw it from a different perspective. They all shared different, maybe different words or different locations. And so I'd like us to kind of just walk down through this story and glean some truth that I believe, if you will allow it to, to be a great encouragement for your heart this morning. Now, I'm going to really ask us this morning to have enough faith to simply ask for crumbs. To simply ask for crumbs from the God of the universe that cares so deeply about you. We see, first of all, in our text, the request that is made to the Lord. She has found Jesus and now she, she comes before Him. She, 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 Jesus is kind of trying to hide away a little bit, but she has come, she's found Him, and she makes a request. We see that in verse 25. And a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of Him and came and fell at His feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought Him that He would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. So this woman came to Jesus because she was, she was concerned. 
She was concerned about her daughter. This child was demon-possessed and was probably acting out in, you know, in, violent, in, in violence and anger, no doubt. And she needed help. And she needed it in a desperate way. Matthew tells us, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But she says, she, she cried unto him. That word cry literally means to, to shout after another. She's literally, she's coming after Jesus. She's with this loud, persistent shrieking. She's, she's shouting for help. This woman was determined to get the, the, the ear of Christ. She was determined to get some help for her child that was demon-possessed. Do you feel the same way about your family? Are you persistent with God for your family? Are you willing to cry out? Are you willing to cry after God for your children or on behalf of your family and your friends? I asked myself this question. I asked myself this morning this question as I was praying in my office. And I want to ask you this question, that, and, I, and I want you to ponder it. When did we get to the point where we live our lives without God? When did, when did we get to that point? Where we can just go days and moments of where, of where we don't cry out unto the Lord. Where we, where we go to the well of experience. Where we go to the well of, of, of pleasure and we, and we drown out the difficulties of our world. When did we learn to live our lives without the Lord? See, this woman, she, 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 she came after Jesus Christ. And Mark tells us that she had heard of Him. She had heard of Him. Well, maybe she heard how he opened the eyes of the blind. She's coming down from a Gentile nation of, uh, of a pagan land. And maybe she heard about how he opened the eyes of the deaf or ears of the deaf, how he made the lame to walk again, how he drove demons out from others. Maybe she heard about the maniac of Gadara, where the legion, some 2,000 demons, Jesus cast out of him into the swine and they went off into the sea. Maybe she, maybe she heard about that. Maybe she, she, she had heard about the Lord and she was coming to him and saying, hey, if you can cast out 2,000 demons from one person, can you take care of my daughter who has just one demon? This woman came to Jesus because her faith and hope had been aroused in her heart. And my desire is this morning that God would arouse our faith and our hope in Him to simply ask for crumbs. Her answer couldn't come from society. Her answer was not able to come from her self-efforts. Jesus was her only hope. And it was when, when you and I come to that place in our lives is when you and I are going to begin to see the types of miracles that this woman saw in this text. Can you identify with this poor, anxious mother? Are you, are, are you dealing with a child that may be out of control are you at wit's end over some situation in your life and you need help? What is your need? What is it? What is it that's heavy on your heart right now? 
What, is it a loved one? Is it your health? Is, is it finances? Is it a job situation? What is it that, that, that if you were honest, you're heavy, you're heavy in heart with? Can I encourage you to get that need to Jesus? She's crying out after him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so we see the request of the woman. She comes to the Lord and she says, Can you please heal my daughter? She's got a devil. She needs help. You've done this before. You've done it many times. I've heard of you. Can you help me? And then we see secondly in our text that this mother would not give up. She comes. She gets Jesus' ear. She she makes it through the crowd. And she gets Jesus' ear. And we see in verse number 28, But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled. For it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. See, when you and I, when we look at this text closely, there were all kinds of obstacles that this woman had to be willing to push through. We see first in this text, we see the obstacle of race. This woman was was from Tyree. She was from from Sidon, which means that she was a Canaanite. And that means that she would have been a descendant from a cursed people group. This also means that she would have been a region known for vile religious practices. And so knowing that this woman is a Gentile by birth and by culture, what she does is extremely shocking. Because she pushes her way all the way through whatever group is in that crowd and she falls down on her knees before Jesus and she begs Him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Now you and I, we have to understand that this act of this woman, she is crossing literally age-old ethnic, social, and religious boundaries. If she had done such a thing in the presence of a Pharisee, what a Pharisee would have done, he literally would have taken his robes and he would have brought him in really close to make sure that they didn't touch this woman and he would have had her cast out of the, out of the area. And so she's coming in and, and, and where she's from is keeping her. It's an obstacle. There's also an obstacle of religion. We see in... Matthew's account, he says something interesting in verse 22 of Matthew 15, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of, what? Thou son of David. Here was a Gentile mother crying out to a Jewish Messiah. She had no right to come to Jesus through the door of Judaism. So the obstacle of her race, the obstacle of religion. You also see a hint of racism even in this text. In Matthew 5, 15, 23, but he answered her not a word and his disciples came 
and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And so when the disciples hear this, this Gentile calling out to their Messiah, they, they react by telling Jesus to send her away. They wanted nothing to do with her. She wasn't one of their people. And in their eyes, she was different. And that was enough to justify not caring about them. Listen, it, you and I, we're, <laughs> we're like the disciples more than we want to distance ourselves from this. And so they're growing and they're learning just like you and I are. But I want you to also see there's an obstacle of rejection or perceived rejection. Mark 7, verse 27, But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Can you imagine hearing that? Can you imagine being compared to a dog? I mean, first, Jesus simply, it seems like he ignores her. It is as if he turns an indifferent ear to her cries for help. And then secondly, he says that his purpose is coming to this world is to reach the lost sheep of Israel. We'll see that in Mark here in a little bit. And third, it seems that Jesus tells her that she is a dog and does not deserve the children's bread. And the disciples rejected her, and now it appears that Jesus is rejecting her too. But a closer look at the text will show that this woman did not just see obstacles. She rather saw an opportunity. See, Christ never slams the door of hope in her face. Though He says, let the children first be filled. So the word first was exactly what this broken-hearted mother needed to hear. Jesus did not say you cannot have what you came to looking for. What Jesus was saying is, is what, what we understand it even in the New Testament. Paul and, and, and the early church and the, and the disciples, they went unto the Jew first, right? And then to the Gentile. After the Jews had rejected it, then God tells Paul, all right, all right, I want you to now go off to the go to the Gentiles. But up till now, it had been basically the, the gospel had been spreading now, beginning to spread through the Jews. And so he's like, I've come to the children of Israel and they must be filled first. And so here's basically what the woman says. She's like, okay, all right, I'll take the crumbs. I'll take, I'll take what's second. I understand. You know, it, it, it's enough if it is from you. Aren't you glad that seconds or crumbs, that when they come from Jesus, that they're more than enough? I mean, th th this woman is like, hey, that's enough. I don't have to have, I don't have to have the first course. I'll just sit under the table, so to speak, like my little brandy growing up, and I'll just get the little bit of crumbs that come off of the table. Those obstacles were not placed there to discourage this lady, but rather to mature her faith. She calls on Jesus based on His role as the Jewish Messiah, and she received no help there. Why? Because she didn't have the right to approach Him on those grounds. Matthew 15, verse 24 says, But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And so she hears Jesus tell her that his mission here on this earth is to the nation of Israel. And so now she sees him as her, as, as her only hope. She sees him as 
being someone that is worthy of worship. And then she hears Jesus compare her to a dog. And you've got to understand, just, histor- just, just, just biblically understanding the history, the Jews always viewed the Gentiles as dirty dogs. That's kind of just, that, 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 that's just what they, that, that, that's what they called them. The word that was often used refers to what you and I would say as mangy. All right, it's dirty, you know, it's filthy, it's unclean. That's often what you think of that, what that word mangy means. But Jesus uses a different word here. He doesn't use the word that culturally would have been used for the Gentiles, you dirty, filthy, unmangy, nasty dog. That's not what he's calling her. He uses a word that is referencing little puppies. You and I, we love little puppies, don't we? My kids have been asking one for years. Hey, Christmas is coming. No, they're getting their hopes up. No, it's not happening, right? Hey, we love puppies. Helen, is your dog's name Ollie? I remember a couple years ago, we would allow Ollie to come to Wednesday night Bible study because he was so cute. Not anymore, though, all right? Just kidding. We love puppies. Puppies are considered one of the family. A puppy knows what it, what it wants, and it knows how to sit under the table to get the scraps of food. This woman was like that puppy. She understood her personal need for Christ. Her faith is so interesting. If you, if you just kind of look at the text and you understand kind of the, kind of the biblical historical background, she, her faith goes from Jesus is the Messiah for the Jewish people to then he's worthy to be worshipped by all. She falls down at his feet. And then it comes to the point where, no, no, he's my only personal hope. Listen, the obstacles of faith almost always turn out to be opportunities in disguise. Have you given up? Are you given up on change? Are you given up on the difficulties of life maybe being relinquished in some areas? Mark 7, verse 28 says, And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. She persisted. Why? Because too much was at stake. Her daughter needed to be delivered from her bondage. Her family needed to be saved, and she needed help, and she was determined to get it. And all she wanted was simply some crumbs. How much does your problem mean to you? Have you encountered some obstacles along the way that have made you kind of throw up your hands and say, you know, that's just, it's, it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth praying. It's not worth reading the Bible. It's not worth, it's just, it's just not worth it anymore. Have you decided that God cannot help you? This woman, let it be the story. Let it be encouragement to you just to, to spark new faith and new hope in your heart because we see thirdly in our text the amazement of Christ. The amazement of Christ. Mark 7, verse 29, and he said unto her, for this saying, what saying? Well, the saying that says, hey, yeah, all right, hey, just give me some crumbs. Hey, they get to eat under the table. That's the saying that Jesus is responding to. 
For this saying, go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. Notice what Matthew is great. It says, then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Christ was amazed by the faith of this woman. Only two times did Jesus ever say somebody had great faith. He said that this woman had great faith, and He said the Roman centurion at the cross had great faith. That's it. You know what they both were? They both were Gentiles. You had the centurion. It wasn't at the cross. It was at another time. But it was those two people, the Roman centurion and this woman here, that he said had great faith. But her faith was tested. This, can, you, can I just put it this way? This Gentile dog had more faith than the scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, and priests. See, Christ gave her exactly what she asked for. He healed her daughter. She didn't need proof. She took Jesus at His word. As I close here this morning, can I say this to you? There's hope. There's hope for you. There's hope for your situation. Today, can I encourage you, today might be the day when the Master, when He responds to your cries. Today might be the day when you see that that mountain moved in your life. Today could be the day when you see God bring about that miracle. That thing that you've been longing for. Can I encourage you to continue to express the faith? Don't live without Him. Don't live without crying unto Him. Today might be the day when His peace replaces your pain and you get the help that you need. See, I may not understand your problem. I may not. I'd so desire to walk life with each and every one of you. I literally do. But I might not understand your problem. I might not fully be able to to bear that burden. But listen, Jesus can. Jesus understands. There's Jairus. He places his daughter in the hands of Jesus. And Jesus raises her from the dead. There's Lazarus, who for four days laid in a tomb. And Mary and Martha, they place him, so to speak, in the hands of Jesus. And he raises him from the dead. There is a multitude that needs to be fed. And they have no food and they're hungry. Thousands and thousands of people. And there's some bread and there's some fish. And it's placed into the hands of Jesus. And He breaks those. And thousands are fed and it's more than enough. There are the disciples. They're in a boat. The storm is raging. They're fearing for their very life. And they put themselves, so to speak, into the hands of Jesus. Carest not thou that we perish. And Jesus calms the storm and they arrive safely. There is the leper and he is healed. There is the blind man and he can see. There is the deaf man and he can hear. There is the crippled person and he can walk. There is a man possessed with a demon and he is freed. And there is Jesus. He is hanging on a cross. Dying for you and for me. And he's laid in the tomb. For three days it was gloom and doom. There was despair. But on that third day, praise God, Jesus lives. Take it to Him. What is it that is in your life that you are struggling? What is it 
that is the, 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 the problem in your life and in my life. Can I encourage you? Get it to Jesus. Just ask for some crumbs. Oh, by the way, there's going to be obstacles of your faith each and every day. You can push through those. Why? Because the object of your faith is trustworthy. And His name is Jesus. Get your situation to Christ. Put it in His hands. And by faith, believe that He can do a great work. Every head bowed, every eye closed.